You can find new episodes of Crosstown Conflict every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel while Justin and Jared take you through the New York baseball season. Welcome to another episode of Crosstown Conflict. As always, Justin Macias is here with me. I'm Jared Farah, and we have about two weeks until opening day. Justin, you ready? Um, I'm so yeah, I'm so excited, man. They just opened up 20% too at the stadiums. I can't, I cannot wait. 20%. I cannot wait for the season to start, man. 20%. So what do you, what, what are the, you got to do? You got to either have a vaccine or so, yeah, either, a COVID free show, test. Yeah. You got to show up with your vaccine or you got to show up with a, with a COVID, with a PCR test, like from, I think it's like three days ahead of time. Okay. All right. So either or you got to but it's got to be the second vaccine unless it's the Johnson Johnson that's got the first one. All right. I just want to take a couple shots to help out my buddy from the Bronx over here. I was looking into the opening day starters for all the teams, everyone on April 1st, everyone is starting. You know, I see the big dogs, I see Jacob DeGrom, I see Garrett Call, I see Clayton Kershaw. And then I get to the Red Sox and Orioles game. What what is what the, the shittiest tandem of opening day stars I've ever seen? Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, and, I, with the- and I don't even know who the guy is for the Orioles. Kate, uh, Hernandez, Felix I, Hernandez, maybe. No, it's not Felix. If it, it, I I would have gave King Felix the respect. I don't care how old he is. That man's wow. getting my respect. Might might be means. Means I don't. Oh man, I lost it. I had it on the app. I can't find it on the internet. But we'll circle back to that next week when we preview the season. Sounds good, man. All right. So this week we did our preview last week and did our introductions. This week we're gonna do a little bit of history. This past ten years have been really big for New York baseball. Really exciting. We talked a lot of shit to each other. So <laughs> this year we're gonna do our top five moments of the decade. So from 2010 to 2020. We're going to do our five personal favorite moments. Not the greatest moments, not the best moments. It's Justin and Jared's personal favorite moments of the decade. And you know Jared's mostly going to come from 2015. Yeah, the top the, the, the top <laughs> three are 2015. I, I, I tried not to, but the moments are so juicy. <laughs> All right. You want to flip a coin to see who goes first? Yeah, yeah. All right. I got a penny and Abraham Lincoln right here. Oh, that's a lucky one. Yeah. All right. Call it in the air. Tails. Tails, you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Tails never fails. Give me your top, your number five Yankee moment. All right. My number five Yankee moment is it's kind of a weird one, but uh, it's I, I'll never forget this moment. It's when Raul Ubanias hit those back-to-backs in the 2012 series against, uh, who was it, the Orioles. And I sat, you, you sit A-Rod. You bring up Raul Ubanias, who really was a late acquisition in the year. And I'll, I'll never forget just sitting in my parents' basement. Like, my dad went to bed already. I was still in high school just losing my mind. Like, come on. Like, please just do something here. And then you see that ball go, like, just go flying out of the wall. I, I, I almost lost it. I woke my parents up. I woke everybody up. And then you see that second home run. It was just like, dude, this guy is on something. I was like, this was this was a great moment. So that's my number five. Earl Lubanias. I think Raul Banez was Tom Brady before Tom Brady because he was the old man just getting it done, doing things that should not have been happening. Yeah. Like, why are you just so good at baseball? Why are you so good at hitting 
like baseball is 400 plus feet. I, I think that the saddest thing about Raul Baez is he missed both those Phillies 2018 and that Yankees 2019. I think he joined yeah. the Phillies in 2009. He, he could have had it all. That, 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 had it all. that man deserves a ring, but that's a great number five. All right. For my number five Mets moment in 2012, in the middle of a miserable year, Johan Santana, the Mets are one of two teams left to not throw a world of uh, a no hitter in major league baseball since 1962 to 2012. Johan Santana goes out there. throws was 134 pitches and probably the most bittersweet moment of his career at that time he he was dinged up he was older he wasn't the same guy he was with the twins but from 2008 to 2012 there were some miserable seasons for the Mets and he was one of the bright spots Mm -hmm. he wasn't even supposed I think he was supposed to come out after six innings you see Terry Collins sweating in the in the dugout looking terrible but 134 pitches my man gets it done against the Padres but it's bittersweet because after this miracle moment, 134 pitches, nine innings, man should not have been in there. Got some help from the umpires, no doubt. We all saw oh. that. No big deal. Oh, yeah. It kind of ended his career. Like that was that was like his the natural moment. He he went out on top. He yeah. he really didn't have anything left after that. His, his he, tank was he, on E. You really didn't hear from him. It's kind of like almost like that Doc Gooden effect too. Like once that like Doc Gooden when he threw that no hitter on the Yankees, it was like great. But then it's like, what did you really kind of do after? Like you know, kind of just fell off. Your career was over at that point. But it was a great moment to see and have. You know, he he got a championship with the Yankees too, right? Was he on that 90, yeah. 98 team or ninety six? Yeah, I think it was ninety six. I want to say on that ninety six team. Strawberry was on one of those teams too, right? Strawberry was on all those teams. Oh man, and you know what's really disturbing? There's a at, at my job. There's like an older guy I'm I'm friends with just because he's a Mets fan, and we 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 talk shop every time we see each other. Oh yeah, he comes in and he just lays down the disrespect the Mets ha- like treat their alumni players. He says, "Do you know the Yankees celebrated a Doc Gooden Day and a Daryl Strawberry Day before the Mets ever did?" Yeah, and it's it it just it's just terrible. It goes back for years the disrespect, but hopefully with the Cohen team in place now. New management, people who love the Mets, who love the city. It's going to be something new. Things things might change for y'all. I'm hoping for it. You know, hoping for that. Yeah. It'll make the rivalry an actual rivalry. Yeah. Make it worth worth something to watch, you know? (laughs) You fucker. All right. Well, what's what's your number four moment? All right. My number four moment, this one might might be a little, you know, a little controversial, but uh, the number four is definitely that Greg Bird home run off Andrew Miller. Game three of the AL- ALDS, Yankees down 2 nothing. You lose two heartbreakers in Cleveland, especially that game two. That game two was you're, you're up 8-3. Francisco Lindor, that fuck, he hits a grand slam. Jay Bruce ties it. Some ex-Mets. I'm like, God, I'm like, God damn it. We lose in extras because Dellin Patantis doesn't know how to pitch. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and then just that game three was was such a nail-biter. Your back's against the wall. It's only a five-game series. But you got your man Tanaka. You know, this is where that playoff Tanaka pedigree came out. Through Went toe-to-toe with Cookie Carrasco. Through seven, eight innings. 
shut down. You had Judge Rob Lindor of a home run right at the wall. Then you bring they bring in Andrew Miller trying to close it down. You got Greg Bird or the infamous lefty first baseman with power that every Yankee fan loves and idolizes. And he fucking does it. He just does it. It was great. Take, takes the lefty deep. No doubt about it. Such a such a mood shot brought us back in the series. It was just great. It was just a great moment. Like I'll never forget just being at work and just seeing it and just like this 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 was crazy because it was just an overall crazy game. I feel that I I, I could take up the next hour just shitting on Greg Bird because I <laughs> oh, I've I known could, I've known I, for I could a long time. Have. We we could keep we could we could go a whole podcast about just trashing Greg Bird. The, the 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 day after the season ends, we're just gonna have a Greg Bird hate episode. I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> but I'm gonna say that one home run bought him two extra years in pinstripes. Oh no, easily. It was always like, well, Greg Bird hasn't done anything lately, but he hit that home run. And and uh, no disrespect for the guy, but every day on the radio, Michael K would be like, just let just let him in, let him stay. I know baseball. This kid is good. But he, he he admitted he was wrong. I respect oh, that for Michael K. Then, because you know every every Yankee fan loves a left-handed first baseman that has power. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's always blown my mind of oh, that, that we always need that lefty first baseman. It's just that short porch. It it just it, it's it's, it's California so dream, man. So tantalizing. All right, my number four moment is a special moment, and I'm gonna say it's a special moment to everyone who's been overweight and anyone who loves the game of baseball. 2016, we're in May. Bartolo Colon goes deep for his first career home run. A man's been in the league since the 90s. I knew that was going to come. He's playing against the Padres. They're up 2-0, second inning. Boom. Oh, my. G- Gary Cohn with probably the best call he's ever made in his life. It's out of here. It's out of here. Bartolo Colon. Bro, and it was just a fantastic moment. The Mets are up 4 nothing. Everyone's feeling good. This is our year. We're coming back after that 2015 year. Cologne gives up three runs in the next inning. No big deal. No one remembers that part. But the Mets end up winning, I think, 6-3. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even remember that part. <laughs> no, no. No one will. They won the game. That's all that matters. But the best part. No, not the best. The best part's the home run. But my personal favorite part was on Twitter. I saw a video. I haven't been able to find it since. They take that Cologne home run video and they use Jack Buck's voice for when the Dodgers won in a walk-off. He's like, I can't believe what I just saw. And it was it was just a perfect Classic. baseball clip. I can't believe I can't find it, but when I do, I'll post it here. I'm no, copywriting definitely. that shit. I'm taking sure. it. It's mine. When I find it, it's mine. <laughs> and that's all I got for number four. I would have thought that would have been up there a little higher. No, no, we, we got some we got some juicy twenty fifteen. <laughs> that's true, that's true. You guys do have that twenty fifteen run. My number three, uh this was an emotional one for me. It was uh Jeter's final game. Not a playoff game, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. But you would, you looking back at that game, you would have thought that was a playoff game. The way the Yankee Stadium was going crazy, you know, you, you just can't, you can't write a better script than that. You go up four nothing. David Robertson blows a save, 
wants to be Mo, isn't Mo, blows the save. Jesus got to come up and he's got to save everybody's day. Granted, I do think the guy threw him a cookie cutter pitch, just slate, slate a cutter or a fastball right there, sitting at 80 something. You know, Jeter's going to just do what Jeter does inside out swing. You're giving Jeter that respect. Yeah. But you're, you got to give it to him. The, the catcher's whispering to him, like in the beginning of Space Jam, where they're telling yeah. Jordan, fastball, swing. Fastball, swing. <laughs> Did Jeter go five for five that day, too? No. That was. No. Uh, that was that was the 3,000? Okay. Okay. Didn't make the list, but we'll get back to that one. No, yeah. We we got plenty of shows. Oh, yeah. No, but this was just, it was such an, like, senior childhood hero just go out on top. And uh, it was was just such an emotional moment to have him, you know, do something like that and just end his career the way you would only expect Derek Jeter to end a fucking career. You got to pay your respects to Jeets. Yeah. You got to. It's it's like it's like that commercial where everyone's tipping their hats. You see the Mets fans giving the bow, the Red Sox fan tipping their hats. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta give them respect. You know, there, you, there are so many few players that will just you gotta give respect to. But you want to hear the sickest part of the Yankees? He might not even be on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. How sickening yeah. is that? It's 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 close. Like it's it's definitely close, but it's arguable. It's arguable. He he. You could squeeze him in at number four. No one's gonna complain, but someone's gonna have an argument for it. Oh yeah, somebody's definitely gonna have an argument. They'd be like, "Why did Yogi? Where's Whitey Ford?" It's like, we get it. Those guys are all time greats. But also at the same time, Jeter still has the most hits ever as a Yankee. So it's like you can't you can't just go over that yeah. and be like, "Well, yeah, Luke Garrick's better." It's like, yeah, Jeter just passed him. Yeah, by a lot. Yeah. Shit, bro. Oh man! All right, but we 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 could get into Mount Rushmore. Maybe maybe we'll do that next week. Oh yeah. Maybe we'll do our our Mets and Yankees Mount Rushmore. My number thirteen is a cluster. The twenty fifteen season pitching performances. We got a young. All these guys outside of Cologne are under the age of twenty five at this time, and it just it just opened up the door of what could have been. Matt Harvey with a 2.7 ERA, Jacob Degrom with a 2.5 ERA, rookie Syndergaard coming in for 15 games with a 3.2 ERA, Steven Matz coming up the last four games of the season going 4-0, Jerry's Familia being skinny and good at baseball, 1.8 ERA. That man shut doors down. He shut doors down until he got to the fucking World Series. Bartolo Colon eating up to close to 200 innings, having 14 wins. Addison Reed. I had no clue who Addison Reed was. 1-7 ERA. Trading for Tyler Clipper from the Nationals. This it, it was just a really good year for pitching in New York. And just seeing them all go down one by one outside of Jake with the Grom was it's just really terrible to see. But DeGrom out playing in a must-win situation against Clayton Kirsch on the NLCS. He didn't have his best stuff, but he, he came to play. And Matt Harvey throwing the best eight innings I've ever seen in my life. That's arguable for anyone. That was the best eight innings of playoff baseball anyone has seen in the last 10, 15 years. Definitely arguable. <laughs> yes. Yes. I will argue that to the day I die. Goes back in for the ninth, walk, double, Lucas Duda error, 
Mets lose the World Series. But that 2015 is something to fawn over. Just you will never see that kind of performance from multiple people again with, with the way no one to eat innings anymore. People get hurt. People come down after five, five innings. We'll see. Yeah. That, that pitching staff was great. I mean, it was, it really will, will, is what led y'all to that World Series that year. Yeah. Yeah. And just seeing those young guys come up and you really like you guys really thought you had you had something there. <laughs> We did. We had. We had it. We had. You it. had it. We thought it. We knew it. Couldn't but. sustain it. Steven Matz wants to go be trash. You know, Syndergaard wants to go get injured and play and play on Call of Duty. Or he or just wants to have sex with mod- him and Harvey. Just wanted to have sex with models. That's all they wanted. <laughs> they did it though. Good for them. <laughs> but I, I think that Harvey 2015, he was supposed to have like an innings limit, like Steven Strasburg, like when they shut him down. Yeah, they were supposed to. He was going to shut him down with a month left, but after something else that happens at my number one spot, they decided to go for it. But after that, he wasn't the same again either. Uh, Where are we at for you? Number two. Number two. This is this is one that lives in Yankee fans' hearts, and we really hate to see this guy go, and it it really hurt me. But uh, when Didi Gregorius hit that home run in the wild card game, oh, oh my god, so beautiful. That man, that man, Didi is like that. He lives in every Yankee fan's heart for that one swing. Greg Bird could never do it, but Didi Gregorius could. Yeah. And you know what? I'll 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 throw in Didi Gregorius' two home runs against Corey Kluber in the ALDS. Throw those all like Didi Gregorius' 2017 playoff run was something that was like this is great. It was great to watch. That first game, you'd fall down three nothing. Severino has nothing. He's got nothing. He gets pulled for David for Chad Green. We're up there fighting for our life. He like the R. Kelly meme. Fight I'm fighting for my life. Life. Just dying. And then you, you get, I, don't know, I think Gardner got on, Judge got on. And you start getting that feeling like, okay, something's going to happen. And then Didi just rocks Irving Santana to right field. Rocked him to right field. And like every, that, I, think that changed the whole dynamic of what 2017 was looking like and that's when you started seeing that first glimpse of oh this team never is not going away they're going to stay here to the very last out and they're going to fight you and they're going to give you a hard time the thing about Didi Gregorius that I think endears him so much to Yankee fans is he no one could live up to replacing Derek Jeter and he just he stepped in there like nothing happened. I want to say like nothing happened. That's that's cheats, like we said before. Yeah. But that man stepped in, played a great short, and he had the mm-hmm. bat. He had the stroke. Oh yeah. Like the, the thing with Didi when he first came up, people weren't too fond of him just because he had so many running mistakes. Like he'd always run into outs, but you would never you'd never question his defense. It wasn't like if a ball was hit to Didi, it was like oh like let me clench my butt cheeks because I don't know if he's gonna make this play. But like, and that's that's where you say well, overall, where you just you see he had the great defense. The bat started coming along more, and then he just started making these clutch clutch hits, and he started coming through in in times where Jeter would. And it's like you almost didn't miss a step with him. It's it, it was it was really impressive just to see him play. I'm upset. I, I honestly, I was upset that he left the Yankees. Ouch! The, the, almost, the, that, that that day hurt. I was like. I, Man, like, I, I gotta, too? yeah, I gotta see him all the time. That's the even worst part. 
I mean, you guys pretty much have like the fallout of that 2017 Yankee team just on the Phillies. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like uh, how like the Lightnings are the Rangers South. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, for my number two, yeah. I just got I just gotta name some names really quick: Clayton Kershaw, Zach Greinke, Jake Arrieta, John Lester. What do these guys have in common? Four of these guys in six straight games were taken deep by Daniel Murphy in a legendary postseason run. You could also say all those guys are Cy Young Award winners. Shit, yeah. You can say that. This man took deep. But Jake Arietta was, I think he had like a 1-3 ERA, something stupid. It wasn't as low as a 1-3, but it was in the ones. He was, he was the, going crazy. For 2015, day. he was the greatest pitcher in the world. I, it was impossible. But Didn't Daniel like Murphy. Did he hitters that year? Did he? I wouldn't I doubt so. it. I think he had one at least. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. But the man, he was always a double machine. Couldn't find he, – he's an awful fielder. But we started him out and left, moved him around, played third, played second. He, he settled in at second base. Daniel Murphy was a double machine. The man could hit. every Everywhere he went, they told him he couldn't play, and he just hit. And he batted 281 in the regular season. And he batted 421 in the postseason. The man was possessed. I remember they want they didn't want to resign him. I was upset about that. I thought they should have paid him because of the following three years he had. He started to fall off a little bit. And that's where they're like, oh, look at his 2019 numbers. That the Mets shouldn't have resigned him. But look at 2016, 17, and 18. I think he batted 400 for the first two months of baseball. And he finished batting like 330 with the nat with the nationals of all fucking people. But and I remember one game they're playing the Nationals in town. Daniel Murphy, everyone's booing him, and I'm looking around. I'm like, "You people are sick. You guys are monsters. <laughs> we don't go to the World Series without that man." I'm standing there like this. I see one dude in the corner. And I'm like, "He knows. That's a real he fan knows. right over there." Boom. Thank you, Daniel Murphy. 2015 World Series appearance does not happen without you. We might not lose a game because he makes an error at second, but. We don't worry about that. No, no. We don't worry about that. You don't get you don't get you don't get there for him to make that error if he doesn't hit those home runs. True, true. <laughs> Fuckers. Fuckers. That should have been our World Series. The fucking Kansas City Royals. The hit machine. We're a strikeout team and we go against the only team we probably can't pitch against. Hit after hit after hit after hit. All those guys, they they, they haven't been that good since. No. But the 2015, they were all fucking all stars, and 2014, they were just they were just going crazy. Oh, wow. You forget about like, I, that. I'll, I'll never forget that all star game. It was like half the lineup was just Kansas City Royals to start the game. Oh, man. and a big big respect to Alex Gordon. That man was there. He he was able to stay in the roster, win a chip, being the best player on a last place team for multiple years. Good for you, Alex Gordon. But you're not on my fucking list. Now I'm upset. Doing something I'll I like. I'll never forget someone calling on Twitter that 2015 World Series is a bubblegum World Series. Then and I, I, can't, I, can't ever un, I can't ever unsee that because I'm like, that's so true. Bullshit. You know, <laughs> get to your number one. Get to your number one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. My number one. Uh, wait, 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 wait. How many World Series did you guys go to this decade? So my number one is – um. You know, we were right. We were right there, and this, this, my number one was was this was our opportunity. My number one were those three games against those cheating bastards in Houston in the ALCS at home. Game 
four, game three, four, and five were one of the best moments a Yankee fan has had in these past, like, I'd say, yeah, the past decade. Where it's just like every game that I, I went to that game three, that Judge hits the home run, Todd Frazier hits the home run, CeCe goes six strong, striking guys out left and right. It was like, where did this CeCe come from all of a sudden? He got fatter, he just started pitching better, induced a cutter. And then that game four comeback was just was was something that it was like I said back to the the Didi home run. It was just this team had so much fight in it, and it, they were never losing. You you always felt like okay, when's their time? They're just going to turn it on and and score six seven runs. And it just it like just like that it happened. Down four nothing. Judge hits the home run. Sanchez hits a pop fly, scores in a run. Now all of a sudden it's it's three four. Then Judge hits that double to score Ellsbury. Ellsbury. Forgot he was even on that team. You go back and watch. It's like, why is Ellsbury running base? And then Gary Sanchez hits that double, scores in Judge, and Didi is just that that whole playoff. That Those three games were so crucial and so important as Yankee fans to hold on to. And that's where you just started seeing these pedigrees of Gary actually being able to still do it. You know, hitting doubles going the other way to score guys in the crucial spots. Like you, you tell me Gary Sanchez is doing that today or last year, I'd have been like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Th- those are, those are the baby bombers. The baby bombers were fun to watch. The baby bombers were great to watch. Severino was still kicking it. You had, and th- like that bullpen, I just look back. I'm like, man, we had Tommy Canely at his peak. Like Tommy Canely before he went down, like before he like started get, dealing with injury, Chad Green was was pitching to almost like a one something out of the bullpen, which was nuts. David Roberts we picked up from the White Sox, bringing back an old face to bring us through. And you, you got got a lot of guys for the future that year too, trading away pieces, thinking nothing was going to happen. Yeah, traded away Chapman, traded away Miller. Both no, those guys ended up in the World Series though. That was twenty sixteen. That was sixteen. Mm-hmm. No, because that, that's when that's when we started doing like a whole rebuild dump. And then we and then all of a sudden Gary Sanchez shows up, hits okay. 20 bombs in 60 games. And then Judge comes on the scene in 2017. The rebuild was over at that point. So it's like, OK, we got rid of Chapman in 2016, brought him back, still have Torres. We got rid of Andrew Miller, who we hit the bomb off of in 2017. Yeah. All to get. And we still have those guys. You know, we still have Clint Frazier. We still have. What else we did? Did you get Glaber? We got Glaber in the Chapman deal. Okay. That was that was one of the biggest deals is sending Chapman to the Cubs for Glaber and then just re-signing Chapman after he was a free yeah. agent. Who'd you get for Andrew Miller? Cubs weren't gonna re-sign him. Who'd you get for Andrew Miller? I know you guys got something. I know that was the year before, but we got no, it's that was the same year, same salary dump. We got Frazier. Forget who the other there's a couple of yeah, sorry, it couple doesn't matter. Prospects, you, you know. Yeah, you got you you got a 2021 starter, so that's all yeah. that matters. That pivot from 2016 to 2017 was crazy because we really in 2016 were gonna be a rebuilding team. Even yeah. CC said it on his podcast where he's like, I would I didn't want to come back that year. Yeah. That 2017, he didn't want to come back because he didn't want to be part of a rebuild, and it was looking like the rebuild was gonna be three, four years. We weren't gonna be ready till 2020. And then, like I said, you got Sanchez came up in 2016, started hitting bombs, really just turning, like, looking like that corner piece. And then 2017 starts, and Aaron Judge is hitting home runs at an unra- like a outrageous clip. He's, you know, 
has almost 20 home runs before even May. And it was just like, that's when you're just like, all right, the rebuild's over and we're a playoff team now. Yeah. Yeah. Star, Starling Castro was actually playing decent. Didi Gregorius was finally living up to that name. Greg Bird was, was still hitting, I think, 250, which is like, from Greg Bird, I'll take yeah, that. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 was, that was a fun year to watch him. Uh, no, but, it was. But yeah. I, think that was, I think that was the one year that the Yankees have had where people actually wanted us to win. Yeah, I, I didn't want to see you win, but I, I, I enjoyed watching the baseball games, you know? Yeah. I wasn't hating, I wasn't rooting, but I was enjoying baseball. All right. Let's see. Let me set this up a little bit. 2006, we go to the NLCS. We lose game seven. Beltron watches the strikeout. Andy makes the catch. Whatever. I make the mistake of thinking we'll be good in that the following year. And we were. But on the last game of the season, I think we, we were up seven games in the last month. And on the we had a play to win against the Marlins 2007, last game of the season. I go yeah. with my mom. She takes me. Tom Glavin's on the bump. Gives up seven runs in the first inning. And that's how we lose the division in a playoff spot. The following year, 2008, lose again to the Marlins last day of the season. 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. We're in the mix for third, fourth place in the NL East. And we're just terrible at this time. I'm already a man at this time. Go, I went through all of high school, all of college of this team being fucking awful. 2015 happens. It's another mediocre year, but we're above 500. And at one point, we're 52 and 50. And for the first time, probably since Mike Piazza, they say, let's go for it. Let's freaking go for it. They trade for Juanes Cespedes. And that's my number one moment. The Juanes Cespedes trade. Because the, the, the pitches are number three because – they were still a 500 team with those guys. Murphy's number two because without this trade, we don't get to the playoffs. 52 and 50. We trade from man hits nine homers in 13 games. He hits 17 total in the last 60. We go from 52 to 50 and we finish 90 and 72 to win the NL East. It was an entire culture change. We had the arms, we had some decent defense. And then we just got the big dog in there to bring people home. And it was something Mets fans haven't seen. I I hate the man with every inch of me today. But in 2015, it, it was a game changer. I, I, I bought my, my first authentic jersey is the Juana Cespedes jersey. Wow. Let's go. Bro, I, that's, that's how much this man meant to the city. I was one of the people saying, you better pay him. You better fucking pay him. We'll go crazy outside of City Field if you don't pay this man. They paid him. I think he's paid money. (laughs) They paid him a lot of money. I I think it was like three years, seventy-five million, and that that was before twenty-five mil was norm. You know? Yeah, right. But let's see what happens. Things that we didn't know as Mets fans: he was already hurt. He was playing hurt. He broke his other ankle. And he he has boars. Yeah, his wild boars. I, I have a whole section of wild boars. Whenever we do an anti Mount Rushmore, wild boars are are on my wild list. Wild boars are right, right there on the first one. Yeah, they're they're right next to Jason Bay. I'm dead. Oh my god, Jason Bay. But honestly, like 
I hate the man. He's having showcases now to try to get back into the league. Honestly, he could probably be a DH somewhere, but 2015, the whole run doesn't happen without him. We're still a mediocre team. Without that World Series run, we didn't get that playoff money, and the Wilpons probably wouldn't have kept all these pitchers. You know, They would have scrapped away all the pieces. So without that run, the Mets don't get that little extra revenue, and they don't keep this team somewhat intact. It didn't work. We made the playoffs the following year, but I don't I don't know where we are today if 2015 doesn't happen. I think we're still a bottom of the barrel team. Yeah, I don't think you guys keep the ground. I think, you know, the price tag either gets too high yeah. or it, you just he just you trade him for some pieces and then it's like why did we even do that? No. That that would have been horrendous. There was big talks about that happening. That that, that would have been brutal. Especially like about going to the Yankees, yeah. That would have been so brutal. Imagine him on that 2017 team. Oh, that's what I was just about to say. We would have loved him on that team, man. They actually have an ace, a guy that we could just throw out there. For, if we if we had an ace that year, give yeah, me that now. If they, if they traded DeGrom to the Yankees and he won the World Series, I probably – this podcast wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be a Mets fan. I swear. You, you wouldn't talk to me. You wouldn't talk to me. No, never. <laughs> I would never hear it. It, it would be worse than Bobby getting Bobby Bonilla text. <laughs> like, hey, hey, two-year anniversary of the trade. Hey, it happened. Let's, let's you know. I'm a champ. Look, <laughs> at, look at my replica ring that I got on May 3rd for showing up on a Friday. Get the fuck out of here. Definitely call that a work for that. <laughs> horrendous, horrendous. But that, that's both our top fives. Uh, let, let's, let's get into some honorable mentions. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go first this time, right? You got it. Uh, honorable mention. Just uh, one sentence about this is during the 2015 World Series, uh, Mets are down 0-2, and Syndergaard was a young kid. He had a wild arm, and the the Kansas City was chirping. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a real problem if he throws inside to us. And he goes, if you have a problem with how I pitch, I'm 60 feet, 6 inches away. So just basically calling out the team. He goes out there. Guts out six innings, wins the game for our only one in the World Series. Fire. That was a, that was a tough game. I'll give it to Syndergaard. That was like the only game where I was like, okay, Syndergaard pitched well. Yeah, yeah. Syndergaard pitched well. All right. What? What? what, like what, what yeah. All right. What? What's your honorable mention? One. Uh, I got a couple. I got a couple honorable mentions. It's just like ones you can't. Jeter's three thousand. Can't just like overlook that. It wasn't the top five for me because it's just like. Was kind of younger at the time. I, I I understood it. It was a great feat, but at the same time, it's like we weren't we didn't really go nowhere that season. It was kind of like a lost season, like a great moment and a lost season type of thing. Um, another one that was the same thing was just a Rod coming back from the steroids. That Ryan Dempster game, gotta love it. Ryan Dempster throws at him. You got all all of like Boston yelling at a Rod. You're a cheater. You're a cheater. And he takes him deep. <laughs> takes him deep center. Gotta love it. I was like, nice. I was like, yes, A-Rod revenge. I'm here for it. Still love A-Rod. And then uh, the third the third honorable mention is that DJ LeMahieu home run in 2019. You know, really special moment. Ties the game at 4-4. Would have been would have been in my top five if you don't have a role as Chapman leaving the cookie to the buzzer cheater, Jose Altuve. Left him a hanging slider, but Jose definitely knew what was coming. 
You're not hitting Chapman slider. I don't care who you are. I retract all my uh, hate from 2017 because the Astros are cheaters. I, I was talking a lot of shit to you guys. Yeah. I retract it. Those men, those men cheated. Fuck them. Those men cheated. They cheated. It, 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 it wasn't stealing signs. Yep. That's why. That's why I literally said the number one is uh, is those three games. Because how do we win every game at home? We blew we blew them out almost every game, and Destroyed, then we go yeah. to Houston. And now all of a sudden they could hit and we can't. It's just like. It was it was an anomaly. It was like what 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 is what is going on right here? And then you finally hear, it and it's like that kind of makes sense. It also makes sense of like you know you see them like that. I always think back to that one Dodger game. How do you light up Clayton Kershaw for what seven runs? I think the final score was like sixteen to fifteen. They didn't swing at a single off speed pitch either. Not the, the, one. You know it's fucked. Hunting straight fastballs. I would have had. Steve Cohen buying the Mets, but that's 2021, I believe. But it's it's out of this 2020 season. This moment's an honorable mention because of how poorly it played out. David Wright's last game in retirement farewell. Uh, he, he should have every single Mets record on paper for hitting, fielding, games played. But because of the injury bug, it stopped him. He's second place like eight seasons under his belt for every single statistical record Mets hitting wise. If he had one more full season, he breaks every single record and it's a shame that it didn't happen. But on his last game sold out city field, instead of being smart, doing it a nice pregame ceremony, everyone saying goodbye, everyone giving him a standing ovation. The Mets go into extra innings and the game drags on his the last day this man is in the building. No one's trying to stay for that. It goes deep into the night. The place is half empty. And it's just an absolute salute to how the Mets were run. Poor decisions. Poor fucking ceremonies. They waited until fucking Seaver was almost dead to honor him. You know? Ridiculous. But that, that, that's that's for another Mount Flushmore type deal. But yeah. David Wright farewell is a top moment. Wasn't he chasing Ed Cranepool's records? Cranepool and Daryl Strawberry's RBIs and home run record. They That's didn't even keep that, man. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> Whatever. Peter Lance is going to break all the records. It's fine. The home run one for sure. Oh, I thought you were talking about weight records. No, no. <laughs> Sicko. That was a good one. <laughs> The, the Mets home run record isn't even that much. It's like, I think it's like, it's under 400, you know? Yeah. Who who has that? Strawberry. Strawberry. Yeah. Or, All right. You have any more honorable mentions? That's pretty much it. I mean, you know, you had those dead years of just 2013 to 2016. It was like, teams were awful. We were running out guys like Vernon Wells and Lyle Overbase. Like, we didn't have much. I mean, maybe maybe Moe's final game. That was that was something that that really that was an emotional game for me. Just watching it, and I I, I cried. I cried that day. I was, yeah. you know, watch you watching greatness kind of go out. Yeah, and he went out in a great way. So it's just yeah, he's, great, he, great he's, he's, he's the greatest closer ever. Yeah, and then Can't you have idiots that. like Robbie Cano that see that see how G, him and Jeter left, and then it's like you know what? I'm gonna go play for the Mariners. Yeah, I'm gonna go get paid and Why? do extra steroids. Yeah, do more steroids. Sicko. Fuck, fuck Kanota. He's on my flush more. Piece of shit. 
All right. Yeah. Any final words? Nothing. All right. That was this episode of Crosstown Conflict. We will see you next week as the countdown gets closer to opening day. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. I'm going to be doing editing this week because I won't be hungover. So I'm the, hopefully there's stuff all over the screens to where to follow us. And and, and we'll see you guys next week. Hi. Right, later, guys.